All right, how are you guys doing? This episode is sponsored by ExpressVPN. I'm going to tell you guys right now, I've been absent the last few days celebrating my wife's birthday. That was then followed up by some terrible weather here in Texas, and then I unfortunately got this insane sty that's been exceptionally painful. So if you're wondering what is going on with this eye right here, no, it's not pink eye. It is a sty, unfortunately, and my God, I honestly wish it was pink eye. Because all these lights inside of here, I'm going to tell you guys right now, does not feel very good in my eyes. Significantly watery. Not going to lie. It hurts like hell. Yes. Doesn't feel very good. For some reason, I keep, I've keep i had them now for the last few years. I got my very first one inside this right eye when I was flying to Africa. I got to Africa. had no idea what was going on. And it was a lot worse than this. I couldn't even open up my eye. And then I had to go to some small African village, get some weird ointment that I, had, I could not read what was on it, and shove it in my eye. That's how desperate I was, and it worked. Doing the same thing here, but it's all good. We got a bit of catching up to do uh, over the last few days. I was in Florida, and uh, like I said, it was my wife's birthday. I went to Epcot for the first time, and she wanted to go there and do that thing, so that's what we did. It was warm. It was beautiful. I ended up getting really sick off of some food I ate, so that was great, and then I got this. <laughs> it was it was an adventure. We all love it. So the United States Treasury has actually sanctioned the Wagner Group as a transnational criminal organization. So they're they're now stating that they will actually be sanctioning eight individuals, 16 entities, and four aircraft. Yes, some they're going to be sanctioning the actual aircraft. Seems about 10 months late, but it's all good. Something's actually going to be done about it. I originally did not understand entirely what the plan was behind doing this, but I do believe it's going to be a, a, a bit of a, a, a bit more beneficial, and actually it's more of a global thing as I was reading through it. And I'm going to read a, a quote verbatim that will give you guys an idea as to why that this is, is somewhat fairly important. So today's expanded sanctions on Wagner as well as new sanctions on their associates and other companies enabling keyword, the Russian military complex will further impede Putin's ability to arm and equip his war machine. Now, I'm sure most of you guys actually understood that very well. And essentially, this is just another way for the West to try and cut off uh, Russia's ability to supply themselves with weapons through private entities. Okay, I went through the long list of companies they're going after. And honestly, a lot of them seem to have like legit names attached to them. And it, 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 if that means anything, they're all Russian-based, state-owned type companies for the most part. Okay, like a lot of, like most of the companies that are actually being hit are the ones that are helping them facilitate like uh, or the Russian government that is in some sort of way the capacity um, like getting satellite imagery or like repairing and maintain some sort of aircraft, like getting parts for that kind of stuff. So they are going after companies that are facilitating the war in some sort of sense. So sure, this may not be like a pain in the rear for the Russians. In the end, I don't know if it's going to do a lot. I have no idea. So this is like the first time I've seen this this type of thing happen. So there it is. But hey, shocker, we aren't going to be sending uh, jets to Ukraine, by the way. Putin, or not Putin. <laughs> Biden did say this, said it publicly. Right right when we said this, uh, we were sending Abrams. Of course, the Ukrainians asked instantly for us F-16s. Not entirely sure why they thought that would be a thing. But it's like, okay, cool, we'll give you some Abrams. We weren't going to do that, but now we want some F-16s. It keeps ramping up. Shouldn't shock anybody. But Poland is actually stepping up and is giving some more heavy-duty stuff and decided that they're ready to send 60 of their more modernized tanks into Ukraine with 30 of them actually being the PT-91s. So they're stepping up just a tad bit. We're also, uh, we have the, the, the Secretary General of NATO publicly stating for the first time that North Korea, yes, the North Koreans are in fact supplying the Russians with rockets and missiles for the war effort inside of Ukraine. I do believe the Americans had mentioned this about a month or so ago. But this is the first time that I'm seeing NATO publicly state that North Korea is doing this. I, I remember I remember drawing this on a map saying there was there was a way for North Korea to go through this side or send them through train up this way and then all the way around Russia instead of going through 
you know what I mean? I, I did say that, but this is the first time I've seen this. We also had an issue arise earlier inside of Iran. So Iran, just a couple days ago, a drone facility was struck by Israeli drones inside of the heart of Iran, like the heart of Iran, okay? To me, this would seem more like a, a threat that would be that would get both countries closer to engaging in an actual war between the two. But for some reason, it's almost as if Israel knew that Iran would not declare war on them. So they went ahead with the attack. Now, this is kind of crazy how deep within the country itself they were able to get these smaller drones. Iran had stated that two of these drones were shot down with the other ones impacting on the facility on top of it and just causing damage to the roof, nothing more. They did say there was no KAs at, at all. Uh, and, and then, of course, they went out on the limb, and they're like, okay, you know what, Israel, we know you're, 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 you did this, and now you're playing with fire. And they warned them against retaliations that were going to be coming here very soon. And I'm telling you guys this, because I believe we are seeing a buildup to a war that will be significantly larger than the one we're currently seeing inside of Ukraine. I've, I've said this multiple times. I believe there's going to be multiple countries spinning across different continents. I, I, I really do. I know this sounds like some conspiracy theorists, but the way things are shaping up and forming, they're just aligning for this to happen. They really are. I, I, I'm not on the right or the left side of the aisle here. I'm just trying to put two pieces of this puzzle together because it, see, it seems like it's just kind of going like this and converging on this. We have like, I, yeah, you know what I mean? It just, it's, it just seems like it. You guys know when you guys go to the bathroom, you guys always close the door behind you, right? Like I do. At least I do. You know, like you don't want some random person walking by looking in on you. Like, who wants that? So why would you guys let people look in on you when you guys are online? Your online privacy is important. That's why I use ExpressVPN, and you should too. Use the internet without a VPN. is like going to the bathroom and not closing the door. Why would you do that? And how is that? Well, your internet service provider knows every single website you visit. Yes, they know which one you're visiting, even if you go ahead and try to clear your cache. I know some of you guys like to do that out there. They can sell this information to ad companies and tech giants who then use your data to target you. ExpressVPN also creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so your online activity can't be seen by anyone. It works on phones, laptops, routers. Everyone who shares your Wi-Fi is protected. And all you have to do is just fire up the ExpressVPN and click one button. It's easy as closing the bathroom door. So all right now, you guys get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free by going to expressvpn.com forward slash Rob. That's expressvpn.com forward slash Rob for three extra months for free. That is expressvpn.com forward slash Rob. It'll be linked to the very top of the description. Thank you so much for ExpressVPN for sponsoring this episode. Now, I'm being very serious when I told you guys this entire thing is building up to being one, like one big bad, like zit waiting to be popped. Like we got to get through the 2024 elections. Those are coming up here next year in America. We all know this. And I think the Chinese are probably going to take a little bit of advantage of this time to poke and prod around Taiwan. The war inside of Ukraine is clearly escalating even more so. I know it's kind of crazy for me to say that. But with the amount of weapons that are being tossed into it, we have Israel dumping munitions on inside of, uh, like the center of Iran, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. And the entire world, for the most part, wants to see Russia lose, which I'm not entirely sure it won't come to some sort of intervention by the West in the later years of the war. Now, some people probably think I'm really crazy for saying that. It's, it's not because the Ukrainians can't handle them, because right now they are. I've said this many times. They're doing a great job doing this. But how long is the average American going to be okay with funneling money to a war they have no real connection to? Okay, ask anybody if you're in America. I know half of you guys are watching these episodes are in America. Go to your local grocery store. I don't care where you guys go. Ask them. Just ask any random person. How do you, what do you know about Ukraine? Most of them don't honestly care, to be blunt. None of them do. They really don't. People don't care here in America. Like, it was cool last year for like two months. People actually cared. Russia knows this. So the long game is the friend inside their, or their friend inside the situation. So that's why I say we're going to see, it just seems like everything is funneling toward this, 
this this way. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I could be wrong. But that's a random rant. I'm sorry to with. Let's go ahead and get on with it. I'm sorry, guys. I get overly excited sometimes. Now, this next piece is actually pretty entertaining because we know the truth. And that's what we try to do over here. You know, we, we speak on this earlier inside this episode, matter of fact. So the timing couldn't have been better for the, this nugget to come out today. Now, I would actually love to see Americans have the ability to fight the Taliban in a war without any political handcuffs and them hiding inside of, I don't know, the civilian population or stuff like that. Okay, I would really like to see that. In, in trying to state that, what could they do for North Korea? You're, you are clearly being, you are currently being supplied by the North Koreans munitions you can't produce enough of. So what in the world are you going to do for them? Supply them with, with nuclear capabilities? See, this is what I'm talking about. The Russia supplying North Korea with, with nukes. They know that's going to trigger, trigger everything inside of America to go, wah, 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 like red flags all over the place. Okay, what are they going to do for, for Iran? They're going to do the same thing? No. Well, maybe they would. I have no idea. I would hope not. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about when I said earlier, I wouldn't be shocked this all led to something much larger in the future. The lines in the sand have been drawn so dramatically now that countries, they, they know which side they're on. Everybody knows it's very black and white, like very black and white as a point there's no gray areas anymore, like where a country lies. Now, I'm not, I'm not being, I don't want to, I don't want to get anybody, I'm not trying to like get everybody else so scared. I'm just being honest with you guys. I, I look at this stuff so much. Today, I've been looking through with an eye and a half because it's all I have. I have a half eye for every once in a while. That's pretty much it. It's more like this. But I am excited to get into this next piece because I haven't watched it yet. And, and so we're going we're gonna to be going through it and venturing down this path at the same time. А мы идем вот таким вот образом. Ты говоришь, пока мы дойдем вот туда, мы истощимся. Не-не-не, мы истощимся гораздо раньше, если мы так будем идти. Потому что мы берем жертвами достаточно серьезными и средств затрачиваем достаточно серьезно на взятие небольших населенных пунктов. У нас средств и сил хватает. Другой вопрос, что будем мы их использовать или нет. Я надеюсь, что мы вот это вот не обсуждаем в средствах массовой информации. На самом деле что-то готовится. У нас вообще... В лучшем случае, там до лета есть какая-то перспектива полностью их уничтожить. Вообще врага полностью уничтожить. Да, именно так. Времени меньше. Я говорю, именно так. Если мы этого не делаем, то, соответственно, мы будем именно по этому сценарию биться. Okay, this started off completely on a, on a different level of Russia that I, I was expecting. Usually we don't hear them actually speaking on some truce, on, on how slow the, and, and how pitiful the military is currently moving. And, and it's correct when saying there is no possible way for them to maintain the speed and to be able to have any type of success inside the country while sustaining such losses. We will да, знаете, может быть много сценариев, не обязательно ядерный, так. при которых э, прямой конфликт 
становится из гипотетического вполне реальным. Да. То есть ограничением для нас является не то, что, не то, что вот мы как-то играем в чьи-то игры, а то, что да, мы тоже не хотим Третьей мировой войны ядерного апокалипсиса. Справедливо. Но тогда получается, что невольно, в вашем объяснении, невольно, но мы пока находимся все-таки больше в рамках их сценария, Нет, чем Украина находится в рамках нашего. И как нашего. будет до тех пор, пока мы тоже не начнем мыслить стратегически? О, Правильно. А, аж, и, и когда вот в тот момент мы начнем мыслить стратегически, что должно произойти и измениться с вашей точки зрения? Например... All right, here we go. This is the Russian State TV pieces we're always waiting for. I can I can almost feel the Jerry Springer coming through my screen at this point. Like literally just leaping out at me. Just leave it. Like dude's about to go off. Мы должны сделать предложение Европе. Вот. Мы должны им объяснить, что на самом-то деле это их грабят. Это их вводят в нищету. Это их превращают в Украину. Но вы же и, и, Надо просто и сказать, философ, что, и значит, и политолог, и социолог, и во всех этих ипостасях вы не можете не понимать, что там уже, скорее всего, мозги промыты до такой степени, что никакая понималка, Конечно. чтобы понимать это, там уже не, не вырастет. Там в этом да смысле нет. уже там химическая кастрация понималки произошла. Артем, не вот надо, надо хорошо Европу. что такое этот плохо и это, это цивилизация... Я, я верю в Европу. Вы я, в Европу. Я, я, внимайте, я считаю, что все-таки культура пришла оттуда, цивилизация это пришла оттуда. Вот. И мы такие же наследники Рима, как и они. Вот у нас византийский орел на гербе. Ну, мы, мы на сегодняшний день куда большие наследники европейской культуры, да. чем да, они. мы сегодня поэтому, единственные, так, вот, поэтому кто, я, по сути, так, за европейские После того, как мы с вами, в том числе, в этой же студии зафиксировали, и вы это прекрасно сказали, что мы сейчас европейская культура, и, а, так сказать, мы противостоим им как антиевропейской антикультуры, вы говорите мне, я на них надеюсь, потому Президент что Президент сказал, суверенитет Европы будет восстановлен, я в это верю. Это его недавняя Фраза, и я здесь с ним согласен. Но мы восстановим, а и вот вы сейчас, вот вы сейчас говоря по-боксерски, пользуетесь запрещенным приемом, ниже пояса. Потому что когда вы говорите, когда вы прикрылись э, президентом, я отхожу в угол ринга и принимаю, э, так сказать, ну, вот а что мне с вами дальше? Are, are turning into Ukrainians. I'm not really entirely understanding that idea at all. How it plays out in the end. I don't know if he didn't like get to finish what he was saying or cut out. I didn't really understand there. Uh, we're just going to go ahead and keep moving and kind of see how this plays out because this is kind of weird. Есть простой выбор. Либо сейчас солидари, угледари, в маринке крошить этих гадов десятками тысяч либо эти же 10 тысяч, к чему, между прочим, Пентагон призывает встретиться в Харькове, в городе Миллионники, и застрять там лет на 100, как на Ближнем Востоке, да, в городах. Да, Потом, ну, и, либо придется сносить Харьков, как Мариуполь, а после Харькова Днепропетровск, а после него Кировоград, а после него Винницу, Хмельницкий и Львов. Но если так планировать операции, то тогда, конечно. Поэтому сейчас гораздо нам выгоднее перемалывать их Нет, армию не здесь, не а параллельно с этим готовить то наступление, давай я так тебя спрошу, очень аккуратно и политично. Я все понимаю, перемалывать их мало, а мы потерь-то при этом совсем да, не несем. Типа не несем. Ну, если верить 
Средний. Я не знаю, только Смотри, как ты сразу человек своих боевых Я товарищей Если верить среднему, да, вот средним оценкам, то потери мы несем один к восьми. Ну, ты понимаешь, Слушай, что если, да, если вот мы говорим о том, что они гибнут десятками тысяч, то они... Now, if you guys cannot clearly tell, the guy right here is 100% a military uh, type mindset, okay, which clearly hasn't worked. I'm talking about Russian military mindset. He got a little choked up there at the end when he was trying to answer the question about how many losses the Russians have sustained during this war. Now, claiming they're taking one to eight, one to eight is clearly absurd and not true. There is no way on God's green earth an aggressor who is assaulting a fortified defensive position is sustaining eight times less the casualties that that same aggressor has now lost a significant amount of ground over the last three months. That cannot be true. How can someone... I, I would like for them to explain. This one, I wish I could be like, okay, wait, pause one. Can you explain how this is even feasible? If you're losing eight times less, how are you losing ground? How are you not taking a ton of ground? That is, and in your in your hitting defensive fortified, but there's no way that's true. No way. А во-вторых, это знаете такой цинизм вообще уже двухсотый, трехсотый там нет для нас не двухсотый, трехсотый для нас это наши войны, наши граждане. И понимаете? И, и то, и то, что для меня, знаете, слегка радиоактивная Украина, она гораздо более, менее важна, чем э, жизни моих солдат. А, ну, так вот так, Алексей Александрович, тут я... Это тут, может быть, тут, а политично. Не-не-не, я сейчас не про политично. Не-не-не, я сейчас не про... Я сейчас не про политично, я даже не про то, что это более цинично. Я про то, что вы понимаете, к сожалению, к вопросу о том, кто в чьем плане находится. что что Дело в том, что, как вы говорите, слегка радиоактивная Украина, это неизбежно еще и слегка радиоактивная Курская, Белгородская а это не и ваша родная Воронежская область. А это не факт. А, это ну, факт. Как, а вот, вот так, а, вот так. а так давайте мы тут будем, будем да, воевать, там, подумаешь, там, там несколько там, тысяч человек положим за, за Запорожье против. и там... Ты знаешь, сколько, хочу, ты знаешь, сколько человек народ, у нас, мы вот когда не штурмовали в Великую Отечественную войну, сколько жил. человек у нас погибло? Я не хочу, чтобы сколько, мои внуки, мы закончив в школе, обсуждали со своими друзьями 400 то, тысяч то, легло, что мы только за Днепр легло. миллионы людей. Да, Я вот именно хочу, так. Все мы за мир, за мир. Отлично. Now, I'm almost confident the guy that's wearing the, the blue jacket has is, is changed his tune towards the, the war inside of Ukraine. I wish I could pull up many and many of the other clips where he's been over the past year, but I feel like this guy is more for like the, the actual Russian soldier and not just for throwing them in the front line. Like he was honest. Uh, he, was, he was asking the honest question, that is, to the gentleman who, who couldn't even give him the answer, nor did I even know the exact number to myself. And it was, I knew it was a lot. But during World War II, they lost almost 400,000 men trying to take Zaporizhia, the whole region across that river, along that river. That's a lot. That's wild. You know? And while he was saying this, the other gentleman was stating it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. That, that right there is the current mindset of the Russian military. And why are they okay with sustaining such losses for such little gain? Нашим поражением. Это значит окончательным и бесповоротным. Да, это значит, что все, что они говорили про нас и все, в чем они обвиняли нас, да, это правда. А вот если мы сумеем победить теми средствами, которые есть да, сейчас на поле, вот, на, поле боя, на поле боя, вот это будет честная военная победа. Ну победим!
А не будем там молоться, там, за, понимаете, пары несколько месяцев а у меня за просто один маленький Алексей Александрович, как я его понимаю, а я его в данном случае правильно понимаю, говорит, что э, с его точки зрения, а поскольку он там бывает часто, он, видимо, понимает, о чем говорит, все-таки те средства, помимо ядерного оружия, которые мы применяем сейчас к разговору о сценариях, это нет, не там. все те средства, которые можно и нужно было бы применить для того, чтобы одержать ту честную да. военную победу, о которой Знаете, говорите я вы. я тоже там бываю часто. Я знаю, я и... поэтому вам это и посуду так, И я скажу, коварно. что вот нам сейчас нужны другие средства. Нам нужны ученые. Нам нужны технологии, правильно. нам нужны производства, правильно, нам, нам, нужно, нам нужна новая концепция ну, войны. Говорит. Вот это справедливо. Вот это справедливо. И эта новая концепция войны предполагает ровно то, о чем мы говорим, что все работают в одну точку. И ученые, и производственники, и военные, и чиновники, и, чиновники, и спортсмены. И только тогда, так. когда мы станем одной страной, которая вся нацелена на одно... Тогда, как не раз бывало, мы победим. Потому что во все остальные разы бывало иначе. Но мы же это не рассматриваем. I don't know. I, I just think the Russians have the ability to change their ways fast enough to make an impact on this war. I don't think that's, I don't think that's the case. It's very clear here that some people inside the room who, who are competent enough to actually see the writing on the wall, but then they have these, these people from the other side who clearly do not want to steer away from the old ways and want to get things done uh, to their standards. Like, just throwing men in the fire with no regards to human wife. Like, whatsoever. Now, now this last piece we're going to go over and discuss before moving on to mapping is actually, it ties into us, or ties us back into what we just discussed a second ago. This has to do with the loss of life on the ground inside of Ukraine for the Russians. Верно. Многие говорят про то, что воздушно-десантные войска на фронте не видно. К сожалению, это объективная реальность. К началу получается мобилизация. У нас примерно воздушно-десантные войска решились 40-50% штатного состава. То есть сейчас частей получается, ну как сказать, строевых штатным вооружением, которые вот старые проверенные десантники, их осталось не так много. So now we're getting a bit more clarification as to why uh, we have not seen as many VDV, uh, excuse me, VDV units uh, throughout Ukraine in only certain areas. Uh, I mean, I think the last time I actually heard of VDV actually working, like a, a unit working, was in the outskirts of Kherson, the Kherson, months and months ago. This was like last summer, like like I think it was like June, July time frame on the southwestern portion of Kherson, like on that river, or excuse me, on the edge of the river going into the sea, and then. You have this guy on TV that's saying that they've, they've lost roughly 50% of their forces leading into September of last year. Like, don't you guys realize, uh, well, maybe, maybe you guys don't realize this, but uh, the amount of money it takes to train an individual of this caliber, if you want to compare them to the soft forces we have here in America, okay? I wouldn't go that far, okay? Like, I, but they're better than the, your normal run-of-the-mill soldier, clearly. The VDV, that is. Now, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars per man or per man or per individual, whatever they want to call themselves, depending on what their specialty is. And then the months and months of training up to years, depending on what it is. I mean, just for one special forces soldier inside the United States Army, you're looking at about 18 months up to two years. That's a turnaround time for one person to get qualified, depending on the job they're doing. I mean, they have multiple jobs. You have engineers, you have guys who specialize just inside of guns, you have medics, you have comms guys, so everyone's going to be different, but for the most part, we're going to say 18 months. If you're on the medic side of thing, that's like a couple year path, okay, just to get qualified to become, to get your 18 series identifier. Now, this time frame is going to ch change, clearly, depending if you're relocating or getting time slots for schools or whatnot, but I'll just say 18 months. Neither, either way, it doesn't matter, it costs hundreds of thousands of dollars in months and months and months up to years to train these men. 
Now you're talking about this. That's a huge. That's a huge amount of like, like you know how hard it is to actually retrain and get these guys up up to par to where they need to be. Like they had to actually pull men more than likely off the lines to then train other ones. Like think about that. Like you're having to pull men off the lines inside of Ukraine to then train guys to be VDV soldiers, which is going to take how long? Like I know they're going to put them on a fast track type schedule because they're inside of a wartime. But even during our wartime in America, you're still you're not looking at fast tracking men through the through the through the cycle of, of getting trained. Yes, some of them may get through the weeds that, that shouldn't have got selected, but they're still going to get trained. But anyway, that's pretty crazy. Those are some crazy numbers. That's probably one of the crazier things I've actually heard of that's been happening during this war. Uh, I, I, when statistically speaking, that is probably it. To be honest with you guys, that is that's, that's immense. That's a massive amount of casualties. All right. So the last couple of days, the Russians have attempted to push on two different areas in the northern part of the country, two separate times. With the attacks pretty much amounted to nothing. They were defended. One of the times the Ukrainians had actually split the Russian forces in two, pushed them out. The Russians sustained some heavy casualties and had to retreat. So currently there hasn't been a single bit of movement on the northern part of the country from either side, but the Russians sustained pretty significant losses during one battle, I guess you would say. I don't I don't personally expect to be much or much movement to come from this area over the next month or so. Now, the, the thing that is impressing me significantly is going to be Bakhmat itself. Now, this is this is crazy. This whole area down here, I know, I don't know what month we're on. I'm sure some, we should have a month tack or a daily ticker of how many days this has been going on because it's, it's, it's surpassed anybody's idea what it would have been. They've not let the Russians butt through the lines inside the city thus far. There was one area a couple weeks ago they pushed through, which is just here on the northern side of the country. I'm going to go ahead and, or excuse me, northern side of the city. I'm going to go ahead and leave that circle just for you guys. And I know the Widener group was able to take a few houses just inside that little circle, okay? They found a weak spot. They pushed through. I, they didn't get anywhere. That was it. They may have taken a house or two since then over the last couple weeks. And nothing. They've held the entire line. It's been completely sealed off all along here. This entire area all the way through this, 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 this Bachmut area. My God, look at that. That entire blue line, I would say this this hasn't even been attempted to be penetrated because they haven't been able to get to it. But you guys know what I mean. They've done a really good job of sealing off this northern and eastern side of, of the city. Now, the Russians haven't found a weak point either on this newly formed uh, defensive line just north of Klashika. So right through here, there's a defensive line that's roughly about like that. The Ukrainians have been holding pretty well all along this, this line. This is like the no man's land, okay? Russians have also been hitting Krasahora pretty hard, which is right here on this northern side, where I am now making really dark blue. That area right there has been held off really well. They've been hitting it, haven't pushed through. They've also been hitting that entire line moving north on this main route, trying to get across. The Russians have been attempting to move across these two areas without any success whatsoever either. So pretty much right now, this entire line on Bakhmut, there's been no real movement at all. So props to the Ukrainian military. Nothing has happened. I'm going to say in like five-ish days or so, there's been zero movement by the Russians inside of this area of Bakhmut. Yes, both sides have sustained casualties, clearly, but you guys know what I mean. There's also an uptick. I'm going to go ahead and shift south. So we're shifting south to Bakhmut now, which Bakhmut is just north of here. Now we're looking at Vika, uh, Marinka, and we have Volodar and all this area over here. So we haven't talked about this, this area in a little bit uh, just because, I don't know, this is one of the more stale areas, I would call it, because there's so much trench lines all along here. Okay, this entire line is just trench, 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 all the way through here. Okay, this has been around since 2014, all these areas. So it's really hard for them to make some advancements. Now, it's been quiet, like I said, but either side hasn't made any gains whatsoever, mainly because of the 
the, the, the trenches, I guess. But Marinka itself, okay, the Russians have uh, amplified their attacks on here as well as Pavlika, okay, and Volodor. So all throughout here, all this whole area, the Russians have attempted to to push their men's or their, excuse me, their men through here, but it's not panned out. Okay, they've done so without any success. They started to ramp up these attacks. I don't know if that's because they're attempting to actually take them or maybe just poke and prod to see if they can actually get through, but nothing's really happened. So that's pretty much that. I I, the, I think when we're going to see a big big movement on the ground, it's probably going to be in the next thirty ish days or so. I know the Russians are attempting to to want they're they're wanting to make some pushes in certain areas, but they have not been able to. I don't know. They're staging to. I know the Ukrainians are going to do uh, a lot of things come spring, but until then, we're going to have to wait and just kind of hang out and, and do our thing. We'll be new. Well, I hope you guys did enjoy this video. I will see you guys tomorrow with another one. Hopefully, my eye does not look like this, and I can look at you guys with with two eyes instead of just one and a half. I do love you guys. I'm out.